The following guided meditation was given at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So one of the things we do at the Buddhist Studies class, just because it's a way of connecting with the lineage, we practice actually seeing ourselves as students of this person who lived 2,600 years ago, who not only apparently had deep insight, but had an incredible ability to articulate his understanding so that some 2,600 years later, in a very different culture, of course a different language, those maps, that articulation that the Buddha gave a long, long time ago is still quite relevant. It actually illuminates, supports us understanding our own experience. And that's pretty amazing. So doing the refuges in a way is aligning with the set of teachings. And it's easy to misunderstand. So we take refuge in the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha. So there's some extra sheets here if you didn't get one. We do that three times. Buddha, it doesn't refer to this person, although some people with a more devotional quality in their temperament might like really use that idea of that person 2,600 years ago. But it's really the quality of wakefulness. That's what the person represents. The Buddha's not going to do us any good. He's gone. All we have left are these teachings and people's comments on those teachings and experiences from their own practice over the centuries. But he isn't really here to help us, right? But what's here to help us is this capacity that everybody has to be wakeful, to wake up. So we take refuge in that capacity to be awake, to see things clearly. And what do we see clearly? This is the second refuge, Dhamma, which is the same as the word Dharma. One Sanskrit, Dharma Sanskrit, early Buddhism uses Pali language, which is very similar to Sanskrit, but some of the words are slightly different, like Dhamma versus Dharma. So we take refuge in Dhamma. That just means the way it is, the actual conditions unmediated by our thoughts, our ideas about the present moment, just meeting things directly, immediately as they are. Buddha knows Dhamma. And we take refuge in that intimacy of Buddha knowing Dhamma because it leads to insight to the deepening of wisdom and compassion, which allows for the third refuge, Sangha. Sangha doesn't mean spiritual community, although we often use it in that way. It's kind of the norm now. We'll talk about the common ground Sangha, or I really enjoyed meeting the Sangha in Seattle when I was visiting. I went to some talks. So we use it casually as spiritual community, the word Sangha. But it really means enlightened activity. So the activity of a human being, let's say, that's arising out of a mind free of grasping, a mind that is empty of greed, anger, and delusion for a moment or for some moments. Right? So where does that enlightened activity come from? What are the proximate causes? Buddha, knowing Dhamma, allows for skillful, nimble, creative, wholesome, beautiful activity showing up in the world, doing what needs to be done. But it's not coming out of greed and aversion. It's coming out of the intimacy of Buddha knowing Dhamma. That clarity, that wakefulness of Buddha, being intimate with the conditions as they are, it's like growing roots 
into the moment so that whatever we say or don't say, whatever we do or don't do, it really comes out of that intimacy. So in early Buddhism, and really most of the traditions, the later traditions, this, this is a common ritual when groups gather at the beginning, end of a retreat, beginning of a course. We do it at the beginning of all of our classes. We do this chant, and we do it actually a little more slowly than is traditional because it gives us a chance as a group to come together just to sing together. There's just, even modern psychology sort of reaffirms this basic commonsensical thing, which is when a group of people do something together, they feel like they belong together. It's just, try it, you know, in your homes, in your groups of friends. It really, it really changes things. So we slow it down so we can actually feel like we're singing together and really show up to that experience of singing these three refuges. But reflect on Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha when you're doing it. Because whether my particular articulation of these three refuges makes sense to you or not, you can find a way to value these some version of these three refuges so that why wouldn't we want to remember what's really important? what's related to our deepest aspiration. Because, you know, one of the biggest problems being a human being is just getting dragged down into superficiality by, you know, just the momentum of culture. And we end up spending a lot of time thinking about things that ultimately aren't that important. So when we do this chant at the beginning of the class, it just gives us a chance for that three minutes or whatever to keep in mind to remember, to bring to mind what's most important. Being awake to the way it is so that I can respond with wisdom and compassion in life. So I can be skillful, be a good human being. So let's do this chant together and then we'll have a guided sit. Udang Saranang Gachami Damang Saranang Gachami Sangang Saranang Gachami Dutiampi Budang Saranang Gachami Dutiampi Damang Saranang Gachami Dutiampi Sangang Saranang Gachami 
satyampi budang savanang gacchami tatyampi damang savanang gacchami Tatiampi sangang savanang kacchami. So feel free to keep that sheet for the future weeks, or you can leave it up front at the end if you don't think you'll need it. And just sit comfortably. Find a way to sit. We'll be sitting for about 25 minutes. Gathering the attention here in the present moment, Buddha often recommends mindfulness immersed in the body. Breathing in, sensitive, open to the sensations here in the body. Each time while breathing out, this willingness to be sensitive, open, even vulnerable to all the sensations in the body, undefended. So we don't need to control the rhythm of the breath, just let the body breathe naturally. Even if it feels controlled, just trust the body to do the breathing. But use each in-breath, each out-breath as a simple cue or reminder to open and feel the whole body. It's a simple practice of being intimate with the whole body through the duration of each in-breath, through the duration of each out-breath. And no matter how it is in the body, that will be fine. We're not looking for a particular bodily experience to be aware of. And willing to be very persistent, dedicated to simply open and receive the sensations of the body through the duration of the inhalation, through the duration of each exhalation, letting everything else go.
receiving the body, the bodily sensations just as they are. So there's no need to control or try to fix anything. Whatever the body feels like, whatever the sensations are, that's fine. Mindfulness immersed in the body. Doesn't matter if the breath is long and deep or short and shallow. We're trusting the body to do the breathing. The body knows what it's doing. We're gathering the energies of the mind here in the knowing of the body, knowing of the sensations of the body. So in the sense, the effort is all about not forgetting the body keeping the body in mind, the sensations of the body in mind. And having a serene attitude, even sense of humor about how often the mind might wander into thought and be willing to begin again, breathing in, intimate, sensitive to the whole body sitting, breathing out, sensitive to the whole body sitting, keep it simple. keeping the body in mind.
And as the body, the heart and mind feel gathered and settled and solid and stable here, then being interested in whatever it is that arises to disturb the ease of the body and the mind, what arises in a sense to haunt the mind, burden or weigh down the heart, even if it's quite subtle. And just see if you can be curious about these weights, these disturbances. So in other words, if the heart's perfectly okay, then notice that the heart is perfectly okay. If something is present that makes it clear that the heart isn't perfectly okay, then get interested in whatever that is that seems apparently to be burdening, weighing down the heart. And it's not about thinking or telling ourselves a story about what's going on. It's about more directly feeling the crunch or the squeeze in the heart the weight, the burdensomeness. What's the problem? Oh, this is being known. This is being experienced. Can the mind be interested in this experience of being burdened, being oppressed by some experience? Can the wisdom in the mind see what it hasn't seen about this experience? Learn what can be learned. So this is how we deepen the insight into dukkha, the unsatisfactory nature of experience. From this place of relative calm, relative stability, we notice what arises to disturb or to burden the heart. And we get interested.
We're just simply in the context of sitting in a relaxed and upright way and feeling the breath moving in the body and letting the breath be a simple reminder to be aware, to be open to the whole body with each in-breath and with each out-breath. Then we cultivate the three insights the Buddha recommends. The insight that there is dukkha, that this dukkha is relevant, sensing the relevance of that squeeze in the heart. This dukkha should be understood, that intention to be intimate with whatever dis-ease we notice moment by moment, knowing that it's relevant, that it has something to teach. We practice showing up with integrity, with interest, and relaxation. Can this be okay? And the most important aspect of our practice and training for this course is to bring a sense of humility whenever we're meeting the experience of dukkha. Not to presume we know what suffering, what stress, what difficulty is because it would just get in the way of being actually interested and learning.
And this can be true with something as simple as some bodily pain and learning to show up in a fresh way or heavy mood, heavy attitude. Restlessness, boredom, so many different varieties of suffering, of stress. We want to have that fresh attitude as if we're meeting this experience for the very first time. What's the feeling here? What happens if the heart relaxes with interest, it's undefended. What isn't being seen clearly in this moment in regards to the stress, this difficulty? What's here but not being clearly acknowledged or felt This talk, like all programs at Common Ground, is offered freely in the spirit of generosity. To learn more about Common Ground and its programs, or if you would like to donate, please visit our website, www.commongroundmeditation.org. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.